this morning, we'll be giving attention to the Gospel of John and the 13th chapter, if you want to open your Bibles to that section of Scripture. As you are aware, if you are a regular part of this congregation, we are emerging from the School of Prayer sermon series, but we are still practicing. There is a week left before Easter arrives, and I hope that you are praying day and night, praying with others, keeping a prayer journal, and that you have taken time for a day of introspection sometime during Lent. I had planned to revive the Wednesday night prayer meetings the week after Easter, but this current COVID bump in the road gives me pause to wait just a few more weeks to see what develops before we renew that meeting. Watch for that announcement. Last Sunday morning, we started in the school of service. For homework, I ask you to begin to tell the Holy Spirit that whatever he instructed you to do in order to serve him, you would agree and say yes, even before you knew what it was. That your answer, that your answer would be yes, without restriction, without limitation. In the sermon last Sunday, I spent time describing the example of Jesus lived before us, reminding us that even the Son of God didn't come to be served, but to serve others. And if he is our example in all things, well, we ought to serve others as well. There's a difference, however, between examining a person's life, someone we want to emulate, and trying to figure out what they did and seeing what they did as important and and understanding how their role models for us. There's a difference between all of that and, well, understanding what they specifically command us to do. I mean, you understand what I'm trying to say here. Trying to learn from the examples of others is different from listening to what they expressly tell us to do. It's one thing to try to copy someone else. It's different if we're told to do something by someone who has a right to instruct us and give us orders. The story is told of a young man during the war with Great Britain who was given the command to to cause some trenches to be dug. He was a corporal and had only three privates remaining to help him with his duty. He pushed the men as hard as he could, but he simply didn't have enough men to finish the work in the allotted time. He asked for more assistance, but none was available. While he was standing by the trenches, encouraging his men to work harder, a man rode up who, dismounting, asked about the predicament. The corporal explained that men were short and that he was worried about finishing in time. The man promptly took off his coat, grabbed a shovel, and pitched in until the work was completed. The gentleman worked all day at the task until it was done. 
As he remounted, the corporal thanked him for his help. The man told him not to mention it. And if in the future he should ever find himself shorthanded, he should feel free to call the commander-in-chief again. And so George Washington rode away. I'm wondering how the corporal felt watching George Washington ride away. This is John 13, beginning in verse 1. I'll read 1 to 5 and then jump to verse 12. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. Verse 12. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. There's more to this passage than can fit into any one sermon. So I will just slice off a little bit this morning. Jesus has the disciples gathered around him. This is a final meal. These are final words. We know how important final words are. This is the culmination of three years of work, teaching and instructing his disciples. These guys are going to have to spread the message on their own now. Jesus is leaving. One gospel writer has the disciples fighting over who will be the greatest. John simply says that Jesus now shows them the full extent of his love. Or in other words, having loved them, he loved them to the end. This expression of Jesus is an expression of love to his disciples. Everything I say will fit into that definition. Jesus' example is a part of his expression of love to them. Jesus wraps a towel around his waist, proceeds to wash the disciples' feet. No servant is greater than his master. We remember Jesus saying these words. And now he is performing a servant's job for his disciples. And when it's all done, when the example is finished, when the lesson has been taught, Jesus says, do you understand what I've done? I'm your master, and yet I have washed your feet. If I can wash your feet, you can wash anyone's feet. If God can serve you, surely you can serve one another, no matter how poorly you feel about your brother and sister. But remember, when the foot washing is done, Jesus has not 
finished serving. Jesus is on his way to die on a cross to perform the ultimate act of service for the people he loves. God will serve us by dying for us so that we can live. Is it possible for us to follow his example? Verse 14 and 15 tells us clearly that it is Jesus' command for us to go and do likewise. So if you have any notion that Jesus is only expressing sentimental love for the disciples, or if you think that, well, this is just the kind of thing that Jesus does because that's who Jesus is, well, then think again. Jesus is saying, this is how you do it, folks. Watch me. Here it goes. Here's how you wash feet. Now you do it. Does he really mean that? Yes, I believe he does. And I have to tell you, I honestly believed he washed every foot of every disciple in the room. And that means Judas's feet, too. Now, that's a difficult example to follow, isn't it? John's feet may be Peter's, probably, but, but Judas's feet? Is it possible? You bet it is. And he, fish, he finishes washing those feet, and he hands the towel to you and says, go, you do likewise. Well, how do we do that specifically, you might ask? I think you have uh, some instructions that are clear for us. I mean, first of all, to wash dirty feet, you have to come in contact with both dirt and feet. You simply must connect to society if you are ever going to follow Jesus' example. What do you mean? Well, you've got to be with those people. You've got to encounter dirty feet. You have to have some people into your home. You have to make friends with some people. You have to reject the isolationism that is so much a part of our society. Individual, individualism and isolation must die in your life if you will serve Jesus. Yes, you're right. It's risky business to do that. It sometimes smells bad. There are risks involved when you link up with people. Their problems have a way of becoming your problems. You start to expend yourself helping them. But there are important advantages to this as well. Your problems can become their problems. And most important of all, the loneliness of life starts to melt away. Yes, you must make contact if you're going to serve. The second thing you have to do is get off the sidelines and off the couch and get involved. It's of no use knowing that a problem exists if you're not going to do anything about it. Only gossips want to know that a problem exists without doing anything about it. The call of Christ clearly is you get involved. Practical advice number one, when you hear someone in the community is having a tough time, invite them over or out to lunch or stop by to borrow something that you can talk about. Be sure to give it back to them. You have to get involved if you're going to make any difference. Now, I understand that COVID times makes this harder than usual. But there is no problem that COVID handed us that we can't overcome with God's help and the creativity of the Holy Spirit. Ask for God's help to serve 
and you will find it. I spoke with one person recently who was going through a rough time. They told me about all the folks who said, if you need anything, give me a call. Those folks didn't make much of an impression to that person. The folks who did make an impression were the folks who simply showed up and said, I have two hours, what can I do for you right now? Or, or what specific job do you need done today that I can do for you? Or, I had this afternoon free and I'd like to help you. Now that kind of involvement, that kind of offer means something to people. That kind of involvement makes a difference. The third thing I'm going to advise you to do is to relax the barriers of your life. You know, it's easy to do kind things for those you love, and especially for those who have done kind things for you. You have an obligation, after all. You are indebted. You pay your debts. You help out your friends and your family. But what about those folks who can never repay? Or what about those folks who have already done nasty things to you? What about the folks you don't particularly like? Can you go out of your way to care about them? To get involved in the lives of those kinds of folks? That's the true test, I guess. It's amazing that Jesus watches Peter's and John's feet, but it's unthinkable that Jesus washes Judas's feet. And he says to us, go and do likewise. Go wash Judas's feet. Come on, Jesus, you're pushing us a little too hard here. You're asking too much, aren't you? Well, remember, the reason it's easy to help your friends is because you owe them. We feel obliged to help the people we owe. Jesus is simply saying to us, you owe me. You are indebted to Jesus. And the way you begin to reciprocate that is, well, the way you begin to show you're grateful to God because God came and served you is by serving one another, by serving any other, by serving those who most need to be served, by forsaking your isolation and your personal comfort and your own plans, by opening yourself up to the world around you, the world of the people who live near you. So let's pick up a shovel and start digging some ditches. Fire up the coffee pot or get on the phone. Get that neighbor over to your house when it's safe to do so. Call up that teacher who's giving your kids a tough time and figure out a way to talk together on a Saturday. Take a pie to that mom whose kid just got arrested for DWI and see if you can encourage her. Head over to the hospital, take a balloon, or a balloon or two as soon as they'll let you in the door. I think if you're vaccinated, you'll get in the door sooner. And take your towel. The world is a messy place, and that's exactly why you're here. In COVID times, call those who are in quarantine and see if you can get groceries for them. Drop off flowers on the front porch of a neighbor and then call them to tell them they're there and have a conversation. Volunteer to assist in the local vaccine clinic. Once vaccinated, volunteer to help Meals on Wheels. Make phone calls, write letters, send cards. 
In prayer, ask God to remind you of who might be loneliest right now and get in touch. Think about and pray about the ministries that need to start again right after COVID recedes and figure out how you can help teach Sunday school kids or serve in the nursery or join the Saturday night worship team or or what else might God be saying to you? What will it look like for you to take up the basin and the towel and do what Jesus did. That's his command to us, both example and command. We owe him our lives. We owe him our obedience. If you know this chorus, sing it with me. Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be. Make me a servant, make me a servant, make me a servant today. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we see your example and we hear your words. And we know that it's our responsibility to serve others as you have served us. Some of us are a little afraid of that. We're not sure that our service is wanted or that will serve well. Help us to step past our fear and listen to the voice of your spirit who prompts us to step forward. Remind us that everyone you call into service, you also enable for service. And so speak to our hearts and show us what we can do for you. Lord Jesus, we ask that you bring specific people to our mind who need our encouragement and our support today. Make us sensitive to the needs of others around us and guide us in ways that will honor you. Lord, knit us together as a community as we serve one another, as we serve the Peters and the Johns and, and the Judases that are around us, we pray. And Father, we also now pray for your grace in dealing with this crisis as it continues to emerge and affect our lives. Give us patience for these days that that feel like the end of the tunnel is near. Help us be patient until we're all the way out of the tunnel. And give us grace to support one another as we deal with all the impositions that this virus has brought. Lord, help us to see the opportunities that are before us. Put your song in our heart and give us your joy that we are privileged to live day by day as your children. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Savior.
Amen. May the Holy Spirit inspire you as you consider how you might serve him. And may he guard your heart, granting you his peace this day and always. Amen.